Welcome to another episode of the Monkey Business Show. Today I'm fanboying because look who we have today with us. Sindrain and Sans fans. We say things. The crossover. <laughs> the multiverse. We're finally together. Who's podcasting who? Who is podcasting who? I don't know. I feel like we should let them do it, you know? They've done 162 episodes. That's of my favorite say. podcast. I think, we, uh, uh, I think we should. Just sit, just sit down and learn. I mean, we've had you, we've had you on. Your own times. podcast is not your favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would say that I don't listen as often to my own podcast as I listen to your podcast. You know, <laughs> my own voice is not what I choose when I eat in. It's like mm, let's have my own lunch. You know, while I hear to my own voice. Mm. Well, that makes sense because I yeah I can't any of my stuff that I make, whether it's the podcast or not, I can't listen to either because Cinderin's voice is <laughs> not my own. It's just Cinder. <laughs> Every time before you go to bed, you listen to your hero introductions on the Dota Cinema channel. Oh, yeah. Those are classic there. That's what gets you going, you know, your own voice. Oh, yeah. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today was was very exciting because I actually never met uh, Cinderin and Sansfan before Arlington. And Arlington, I finally met you, Sansfan. And I obviously had the moment where it's like, dude, you don't know me, but I've been watching you for many, many, many years, you know? There's a lot of lonely nights that we shared together. It was mostly this, one way, you know? A parasocial relationship, yeah. Yep, it's really hard to answer favorite. to that, Jay. When people do that, it's just <laughs> fucked up. It's super fucking weird. It's like, oh, okay, so what kind of idea do you have of me? Nice. I don't know. There's no good answer. Just, just be funny, right? Be funny right now. Uh, be funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But no, he was, he was very nice. You know, he was like, oh, hello, the stranger. And I told him like, look, we would love to have you in the, in the podcast and maybe we can bring together, um, we'll buy, we'll buy in Cinderin, you know, because he doesn't feel left out. But no, it was, it was an awesome moment for me, you know? How was oh, it? It was great having a nice conversation at the, it was in front of the crowd. That was the one day I was in front of the crowd. Uh, I got to see how small. <laughs> A fucking monitor was <laughs> for everybody attending uh, the major, and I was like, "Hmm, that doesn't seem right." Uh, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was nice officially meeting you. Obviously, I knew who you were beforehand, but you're making it seem like you're a complete stranger. <laughs> I would say that it's been a little bit hard for me, like the imposter syndrome, because I've since I've been in OG, I've only been like to two events. All the rest have been like a COVID CEO, so I never really take photos with the fans until this event. In this event, fans were taking mm-hmm. photos with me. And I'm like, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, are, you the, are you the fun? And we didn't get COVID. I was fucking shocked. But I have COVID three times already. So I, I, I got over it. You know? oh. Artem, Artem you, was feeling ill and now. he thought he had COVID. He tested himself and it was negative. But he thought for a moment, because I caught it after the Stockholm major. I was like, when you told me he was feeling ill, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> the Dota major. Who's had so it? Many so people Jay has had it, it three times? I, yeah. I got it from Stockholm uh, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah all the casters got it. It was question is who was patient Stockholm zero. strain. It's probably insane, yeah. Fuck I don't know who was patient <laughs> zero, but I know who was patient <laughs> one through three and four, you know? <laughs> so how was it for you guys? Did it, was it bad? Yeah. Was it rough? Do you want to go first, Shannon? Are you talking or about Shannon, the you not major? Or? No, I was right? talking about the, the COVID. I, no, I had it. No, no, no. Uh, it, it was... Uh, it was 
whatever. It was like a cold. It wasn't anything major for me. I think Cindern had it worse than me. I think Jenkins had it worse. It sounds like everybody had it worse for than me. For me, it was actually bad for like two days, and then I had a cough for a month, which was really annoying. Oh. Eventually, it just went away. But yeah, that was. I had a long-term cough. I, I don't know why, mm. but but I only had it once. So my first my first COVID was in. I, I got the early OG. You know, I got the December twenty nineteen COVID, oh. and I was coughing for a year. Yeah, that's. Oof, oof, oof. You're trying to match the amount of COVID you've had with the OG TI winning. They got one more to go then to catch up, right? And then you got to get it again. <laughs> yeah, we have to catch up now. <laughs> so how was the major for you guys? Obviously, this is one of my first majors uh, in Dota. And how was the whole experience for you guys? Being back in the USA, you know, Arlington, watching a tiny screen from far away. Yeah, what was it like for you, Cinderin? Uh, it was from pretty home? chill. You did great. Um, it was funny to watch you and Jenkins on camera together. You were wearing a t-shirt with a horse on it, and he was wearing a full Texan six-piece outfit, so you guys just fit each other perfectly. Was oh, my God, the outfits. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> That's the one thing that I... I sometimes you go on Reddit. Sometimes you go on Reddit just to see what the reaction is from people, like, just to see, okay, am I doing this correct? Obviously, you're not going to look at every single comment. Like, one negative comment's not going to say... There's so many comments about attire that you should be wearing quote unquote should be wearing at an event and it's like that is something i refuse to abide by like the most i will dress up is at ti which i did last year which is a jacket and a semi nice shirt but then of course i'm gonna wear a tie that's fucking ridiculous with gabe's face on it right that was gotta be good, something that was weird tie. there's no way i can i can't do like a full suit i can't be that guy it's just too try hard I, I don't like that from traditional sports. I never did. But then so, you rocked up to the uh, I was glad to be able to wear a t-shirt every day. you wore a t-shirt with the bird emoji from WhatsApp on it. On the <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was so good. That's I mean, we right. love that shirt. It's like an internal joke among talent from, um, from the DPC coverage from Stockholm or whatever. But the fact that you pulled that off at a major stage, I thought was hilarious. It's funny, though, because when you go to an event, they're like business casual, mm -hmm. right? And that doesn't mean anything because... <laughs> I, I conduct my business at home. I'm literally wearing pajamas right now. Uh, so I didn't go that far, at least. But at TI, they're like, make sure you feel comfortable. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> because I will Showing take that to the fucking extreme. <laughs> <laughs> but now the, the major itself, I thought, was... Uh, it. I mean, there was obviously some issues, but just the fact that it was in the U.S. for me, it was just a fucking dream. Like, the last land in front of a crowd was captain's draft which we ran and i couldn't even enjoy it because i was so uh stressed out by the whole thing so not having to travel that much was just amazing for me how was sex the crowd the how was sex awesome. during that time of the year like how hot is it humid and, as fuck yeah yeah yeah. and where what was the venue like Very hot. uh the venue well the nice thing about the venue was that it was a it was almost connected to where we were staying at the hotel not for the players <sighs> Players apparently got fucked and they were in like some hotel. Yep. But the casters, we got to just walk like two minutes and we were inside the stadium, which is really nice. But the stadium, I shouldn't say the stadium. It was more like a convention okay. center. So kind of small. And like it's flat. It fit up to 2,500 people. It's flat. So there's yeah, no... all flat. There's not like, there's no elevation yep. at all there. Okay, um, it reminds me of the MLG Columbus. I think it was also in a just a giant. It's literally the same thing. Uh, it's literally the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> So the problem is because there is no elevation, the bad seat, back seats are very, very far away from the screen because there is just a linear distance, you know? And the screen, 
is not very big. So I will say if you were in the first half, you could have more or less enjoyed. If you were in the second half, I have no idea what's going on. I had my glasses on and I couldn't see. Show up with binoculars to a dot think... event. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, just seeing the like, fucking bird watchers on the like last dog race or like the, the horse races. And like, uh... they've, they've run events there before and it's been fine, which I can probably agree with because it's fighting games or uh, like FPS games like CS. You don't need to see in, like little tiny pixels. They don't really matter. Whereas Dota... There's so many different small things that you need to look at that it's actually unwatchable after a certain so point. So I guess you couldn't I see couldn't like the inventory, the, so the mini map, and fans. stuff like that, right? Correct. Yeah. No buy box. I didn't know buy box. I didn't know net worth. I didn't know, you know, do you have enough gold to mm. like nothing? Yeah, that ain't good. Yeah, it was really hard to follow it. But I think that the crowd was amazing. Look, I didn't go to Malaysia to the last one, but the crowd was awesome. And there was like this energy that I haven't felt because, you know, you go to another events in, in, in North America and maybe we all have this perception that North America is not as hype, but this event was hype as hell. It was really, really cool. It helped that the games were really good too, especially the finals. Yeah. No till you played in, uh, you played in Benaroya, right? At TI3. Yes. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. that venue. That was also NA, right? That was in Seattle. That venue was amazing for like it was kind of cool because it was a concert hall, right? I thought it was yeah, amazing. yeah. So, but not that many people could fit, right? It was only like two K, I think. Yeah, yeah, a thousand between yeah. a thousand two thousand or something. But it felt like movie theater almost, you know. And mm -hmm. you're going there to like have that type of show. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could definitely dig that a lot too. Of course, it would be sad if you go to a place where a lot more people want to watch, but. Yeah. In places like US or places where Dota scene may not be, you know, as you cannot fill a full stadium of like 10,000 plus or, or more, I would like that type of uh, deal a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was cool. Like the movie theater vibe. Ben Arroyo is probably my favorite. Really? I don't think anything's compared. Like we ran Captain's Draft with 2,000 people. This tournament had 2,000 people. It just, there's the feel is still different than Ben Arroyo. Yeah. That was. Maybe it's just nostalgia, <laughs> but so, I liked it a lot. I'm going to make like one of those predictions. I predicted that TI was going to be in Singapore a year and a half ago. This is my prediction for 2023. We're going back to Seattle. It's all done, right? The key, like the key arena yeah. and the whatever construction they're doing. Do you think they're going to... Yeah. I think it's called the Climate Change Arena what? now. Really? If I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's some sponsor. Like, I don't... I don't if you're a climate change denier, you can get in. <laughs> the world is dying arena. It just sounds, sounds odd, very right? Seattle. I don't know. <laughs> very, very Seattle. Uh, yeah, I think the only negative with coming to the U.S. is visa issues, right? Which I think have gotten better. I mean, Arlington was, was not great. For some people, literally impossible during the Trump administration. So it's gotten a little bit better, but I don't know how much better. Wasn't it literally five so, though, teams that's that the only question by mark. visas for Arlington, though? Mm-hmm. But this is my theory. Okay, let it, me it might be better in a year, though, for sure. So I believe that normally the last major is the one that they test for the next DI. So they're testing a North American major. Remember, China major, Singapore major, and we're going there. And I feel that North America needs that whole like center event. And I believe this is my, but this is now where I go a little bit too far. So Valve is in Seattle, and. TI in Seattle was like a celebration of the whole company, not only the Dota team. Everybody used to go there, their kids, their families. And if the Dota team is listening to me, 
It's like bring the event back to Seattle because it's a way for you to bring a bring to your whole company, a win to the whole company. And Seattle mm -hmm. is still for me is the best I ever got. The way that it was organized and outside all yeah, the food yeah. courts and the events outside. I think also what makes it so special is that Valve is there and they do those small things extra, like give you the tour, take you out for dinner, or have mm -hmm. like a, a something, at least when, when you're young and you get into it, like it's, it's super special. And now some of the, those things are maybe, it, it's still fun. It just has a different ring to it. But back then it, it made you look at everything like, wow, like shit, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was more prestigious. I remember going to the Valve offices and that's the most impressed I was because they, they have a full fucking yeah. cafeteria yeah. with, it's, it's like you're at a convenience yeah. store. There's every <laughs> drink, there's Snickers, yeah. there's yeah. bagels. I remember That's the that best too. part about TI for me was eating their bagels. <laughs> yes, I miss TI. You're going to love the I love that shit. All you can eat Snickers. <laughs> that was the best. But I haven't gotten to see their new offices. I bet it's even oh, better than before. There's a whole fucking Circle K in there, for God's sake. <laughs> So do you think it's possible that we do TI in Seattle next year? I think so. Where would, would your would if you had to take a bet? Ooh. Oof. Yeah, I, I think one negative of having in TI from Valve's perspective is I, I know some a lot of the like you're talking about the, the positive sides of Valve working the event. I think they don't want to work TI anymore. I think that's why we're seeing it like other places now, because it's less of a headache for them. Uh but the fact that they haven't done it in a while means that maybe they are missing. Well, can't money buy know. everything, or at least this? Like, can't can not happiness? No, not, not happiness. happiness. But well, if you could, if you, you could run it in another country, you can also run it in your own, right? Like, you can have the same involvement but have it in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't take all the headaches on you. Well, the reason I like okay, I get, I guess I can't speak for this TI because I don't know anything, but. Last TI, there were like five employees, I shouldn't say five, there were very few Valve employees. A lot of them didn't make the trip, Correct. right? That could be looked at as a benefit depending on how they feel but about it. But if you run in Seattle, idea. you can still let it be opt-in for employees, right? So you can choose to go if you want to, but it's no pressure. Yeah. I, I would imagine I mean, some of them would want love to go to because be back. they love being a part of the event and then maybe take less of a working role, but just go there for fun, like JMR mm -hmm. said, with like family, friends, whatever, hang out. Because that was definitely something Maybe I agree to... was very different when we had TI in Seattle was like that yeah. feeling of um, like just the raw magnitude of Valve employees that were around the event, like, you know, as a part of it, or that like Johan said that you went out for dinner and there was a lot of them or the players party or whatever. Like it was a different. See, the downside of this, though, another downside, I'm going to be the negative Nancy here sure. is. And I'm so awkward on Valve employees. The more there are, the more chance I have to put my foot in my mouth, right? First time I met Yule, Cinderin oh. uh, brought him up to me. At, brought him up to me in Seattle. I had no idea who the fuck this guy was, okay? He's like, guess who this is? I'm like, Ice Frog. Like, no, keep guessing. So I kept guessing. I said, and I finally say Yule's with a plural S. And Cinderin started laughing. I had no idea why. He's like, this is Yule singular and they made a big deal about that and embarrassed me in front of this valve employee then a few years later was doing artifact for pax west and a bunch of valve employee walked walk into this like because we're going to a restaurant they meet us at the hotel and they're walking us and i start saying hello to everybody and I say hello nice to meet you it was yule i didn't realize until after the <laughs> fucking event i'd reintroduced myself i'd never met him before i thought and i didn't realize until later 
So if it's in Seattle, I'm just gonna look like a fucking moron constantly. It would so, be okay I think if we you can third time in a row. If you roll again and you don't recognize me, and that would be a me. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Sorry, Yule. I'm so sorry. If the only thing we need is like a Suns fan wrangler, you know, I think we can we can all pitch in, you know, and they're still having Seattle. <laughs> yeah, by all means. The whisperer, you know, it's Yule. It's Yule. You met him before. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. I thought it, it, it was so bad that you know the some people are face blind. Have you guys heard yes. that before? Yeah. Where you can't recognize mm-hmm. faces, right? So I took a test. Cinder and I both took a test on our podcast, and I passed with flying colors. So it's not even a fucking excuse. Oh no! I thought I had it, <laughs> but apparently I just did not care enough to memorize his face. You his remember name. everyone except embarrassing. You, you recognize everyone else. <laughs> but- I really thought that you will be a little bit more Machiavellic. So you will be taking the test and failing it on purpose. So you will have the perfect excuse. But why would you pass it? That's true. That is, see, that's too next level for me. I, I should have done that. that. That's a great, like, catch-all too excuse nice for later. Fuck. Yeah. I'm too honest. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the problem. you're right with when we talk about uh, when I was in Romania, it was only four or five of the Balfe employees. So it really feels like a lot of, like, pressure for not really any payoff. Besides just getting to maybe, you don't get to enjoy it. So that's why I think we have to bring it back. So look, my complete blind guesses, okay? There's going to be a major in Peru next year. That is my that hope. Cool. Really? I think there's going to be a major in Peru. Mm-hmm. Lima. Again, this is not like I have a, an information. It's just, it Leaking. makes sense. Wow, yeah. that's great. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Like if you look at the micro scale, they need to figure out how to do a major there. And then TI in, in an A. Peru was crazy when that I went That sounds there. great. Like, I've only been once, right? I had no idea how big Dota was, but there was a family waiting for me at the airport. It's like the first autograph I gave was some, to some mother of a family group. And she was so insistent, <laughs> you know? They were like, security, I had security with me. But, and they were like ready to sh- shove them out of the way, but she wouldn't let them. Like, Peru is really intense when it comes to, to Dota. I, I think it would be a lot of fun to have. Have a major there. It would be amazing. What event was that? It wasn't a Dota event. I went, I mean, there was a Dota tournament for uh, Beast Coast and I don't remember who they were playing because I was chilling with Beast Coast, but um, just the whole thing was like Dota was the main attraction and I was like one of the main attractions. My my, uh, face was on the side of the road, like on the highway when we're driving there. It was so bizarre. I'd never, I thought Dota there is on a different level, like the intensity. Wow, the people at the venue and everything, and like how high people were. Similar to Philippines, I would say, is like a lot of passion for the game and very cool. So, do you guys go to Malaysia? Either of you went? I was there. To... Yeah. How I was, was it, dude? You look amazing on camera. Yeah, so this was my second time in SEA, actually. The last time I was there was the Manila Major, which was awesome, right? That was in 2016, I think, was it? Maybe? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah, it must have been right because Shannon, it was with the DC. It was with that DC, right? I think so. Um, yep. Yeah, it was really cool to be back. Uh, kind of similar to Manila, like the fans in in SCA are just you know super excited about it. They're very lively. It's like the whole culture about it's just different for Dota. And then obviously something that I really enjoy when I go to a new place, I love eating different food. And it's like you know the cuisine in Malaysia is super different from what I'm used to. So I tried a lot of different things, which was very nice. Did you try durian? 
I did not try durian though. <laughs> no, I did not. I've... Is that the fermented duck egg thing? No, no, no. That's durian is a fruit no, the, that the smells plant. like oh, death. the fruit that smells bad. Yeah. 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 The vomited fruit, the puke, yeah. puke banana I've or had, whatever. I've had durian candy in Stockholm because I think it was oh. John X Fire that brought it to the studio. Oh, that was, was terrible. Like, you guys should try this. It was and I was like, this is really yeah. weird. Like it wasn't super awful, but it was definitely not great either. But yeah, what did I try that I've never had before? I had stingray. Uh, then I had the wow. national dish, which is nasi lemak. For this? Okay, so we have the rice. Right. This is this is what we call nasi lemak. It's right. our like national dish. Which is like some sort of ah, yeah, yeah. rice with a type of spicy sauce and a type of meat, egg, um, and I'm forgetting something here. Some sort of yeah, an additional thing that was like two different spicy components at the side. And then I had, uh, what's it called? Salted egg, which is a flavor they have there that they use on different things. Salted egg, you could have it on chips, apparently. <laughs> uh, salted egg cuttlefish, which was really, really nice. Uh, Shiva and I are just in love with that flavor. We're both like over the moon over it. You would love it, Shannon. Really? So, yeah, yeah. You're like, this is so fucking amazing. And I so don't like know. Popcorn chips and everything, you can get like salted egg flavor. Yeah, and I don't know why we don't have it in Europe because I was like, this would be a banger i think people would love this shit but for some reason it just hasn't made its way over this is a business idea for us mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, probably because it's called salted egg yeah it doesn't uh, i mean it doesn't it sound doesn't that sound great branded. but it's really good <laughs> they have to rebrand supposedly it's also very unhealthy i think it's like very oh yeah, yeah that oh. sounds like i would like that yeah. you're right you would love it <laughs> um but yeah it was a great event and it was cool to be back and the the tournament itself you know that's always a bit random but i think the games overall were pretty damn good so that's obviously... Oh, you guys got the new patch, right? Yeah, the patch dropped after first day of groups. Ideally, yeah. it should have dropped before groups. That would have been a little yeah. better. But, you know. So I have a bunch of different topics that I want to cover with you guys. And obviously, we have to take in mind that this is not coming this Thursday. This Tuesday is coming next Tuesday. Okay. I have Saberlight coming tomorrow. Okay. So got bumped by Saberlight. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> So there's two main topics that I want to discuss. One of them is obviously about your podcast, about how it started and how we, all that story and also the battle pass. Okay. And I don't know if, how strongly you want to go against this, but I have a few things to say sure. about the battle pass. I think we just, sure just wing we... it. Okay. So let's start with the battle pass. So uh, the very anticipated and expected battle pass dropped. And there is obviously a lot of ready threads and a lot of talks about it. Some people feel that there's a lot of things that haven't come out yet because they will come out of the second part of, of, of the battle pass. And sometimes uh, other people are saying that it's very underwhelming, the, the stuff in the battle pass. But funny enough, the collection of money has not really been that bad compared to the bad opinions about it. So anyway, I would like just to open up. What do you guys think about it? Have you guys uh, go through it? Yeah, I think... Uh, very underwhelming was the first reaction I had. I mean, there's so many layers to this because, uh, like they're still getting money, obviously, but you can see that it's still not on par with the rest of the TIs. And that's not even including that there's like two months less going towards, uh, the TI battle pass so, or the prize pool. So that's like a whole separate discussion, I guess. But in terms of like bang for the buck, in terms of like just value alone, uh, it doesn't, feels very underwhelming. Like... Uh, I mean, I think the Void Arcana was quite good, actually. I think a lot of people disagree with me on that one. But everything else from, like, a personal standpoint, I wasn't really excited for. Like, 
Centaur Immortal. I wanted it. I got it like super early. And I don't feel like there's a reason to really level anything more because I don't want to spend 250 to get uh, the Void Arcana. But it's, I mean, it's disappointing because they had so much time to make it as well. Right. I think that's part of it. I was going to say, like, I feel like TI is the most important Dota festival of the year. And definitely this doesn't look like somebody who's been preparing for a full year. I don't know why. I don't know what happens. I mean, the Arcana also got, took a full year. Like, usually it's, it's done six months after or eight months after the vote, right? It doesn't have to come in the next year's battle pass. So yeah, I true. also feel like I, was, I agree with you. The Vortecana was good, but but is, if, if that's all we're talking about, I feel is very, very underwhelming. I do think most people wanted to see like the, I mean, one thing is terrain. It's like the whole package deal. I think making another PVE, like at some point also making like a brand new type of PVE event. Um, for people to also enjoy like i never really play them but i can see why it's such a cool thing to also have once a year you know with your friends like especially your daughter friends to play something else that's in the same engine um yeah i just feel like they could keep adding like already now you know start planning for the next year but i don't think this is how it kind of is and i think it all goes back to how many people are working on it how many people you know are are dying for this and are are really interested and are able to yeah i don't really know what goes into it uh but but some things feel different definitely the battle pass feels different i think it's also it's a little bit convoluted which i think is part of the problem that people have with this compared to last year right is with all this stuff that's coming soon you don't really know whether you should be excited about it or not because you have no idea how good it's going to be right like the, there's an arcana coming out there's a persona coming out and another persona coming out and First of all, the two personas are for heroes that already have arcanas, right? And if it's like everything else in the game, you can't wear them together. So I feel like they should have chosen heroes that don't have an arcana so that you can have, you know, you want the persona more. Uh, but I was talking to Shannon about this and the PA, for example, PA is the second most played hero of all time in Dota. Was that it? I think you said? Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense for her to have a persona, right? Because a lot of people will want to play this hero, but if you can't use it with their arcana i don't know how big a percentage of players have the arcana so maybe this is still great value for them but at the end of the day their persona is level 300 you could buy two or three arcanas instead right so like is that value is the crystal maiden persona amazing maybe it is it's a picture of a wolf it could be the next <laughs> amazing thing or maybe the wolf is just a background you know like we don't know so that's a little bit tough to to really know whether to get excited then we have a chest we have two chests of immortals instead of three and each of them have one less item. At least the first one does. It has five items, and the usual one had six uh, base items, I think. So there's less there. Um, the overall quality of the Immortals, I think Shannon, you and I thought was pretty good in the first chest. Uh, we really liked the Hoodwink. We thought that was like S tier, but the other ones were like B A, maybe B to A, and some of them were C. Um, yeah, it, it's. And then for me personally, the thing that I care most about out of all of this is the support for the competitive scene, because that's what like my angle is always going to be with TI has been. I've had my opinion about pri the prize pool forever, that TI takes up too much of the year in terms of the prize pool. And this year I was hopeful, oh, we're going to have a partitioned battle pass in two parts. So I was hoping the first part is going to contribute to TI. Maybe it's going to make a 20 million, 25 million prize pool. That's a really fucking big tournament. That sounds good to me. And then uh -huh. the second half could maybe fund the DPC, but as it sounds like, basically from sources that we've heard from like players or people that are affiliated with teams, that is not the plan. 
So supposedly everything that comes after TI is just 100% valid, which unless something changes, that's what I've heard, that um, the major structure for next year is the same as this year. Three majors, uh, the DPC season, and the same prize distribution overall, um, which I think is a is a problem because essentially now in like we're just I, I'm we've had our guesses. I think Shannon said eighteen mil. I think I said twenty or something like that is what we think this is going to end up on because it's half time of usual, um, and just judging from how it went in the beginning is probably where we land. So we have TI, but we don't make anything else bigger. Um, it makes TI smaller relatively, I guess, but it doesn't really have the equation. Like yeah. what we want is we want TI to be smaller and then the rest of the year to be bigger. Like I think last year TI was worth 80% of all prize money in Dota. Like let that sink in for a second. How ridiculous is this? I think it was maybe even 85, right? 85% of all prize money for the year in one tournament. You can be the best team in the world for seven months. And if you're not good at this one event, your year feels like a failure. And to me, that's just wrong. Like, that's not how it should be. Yeah, being the world champion should be something special. And, but. Right. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but the workshop has been power crept hard fucking core throughout the years. Like, we were part of the original workshop uh, artists, I guess you could call it, like Dota Cinema, mm -hmm. putting in sets and whatnot. We were some of the first to get, like, actual particle effects in the game, which was very good for my bank account at the time. Uh, but. Then they just disallowed that, and now sets are like so much more basic by nature. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you can't do effects or anything like that. And then they just reserved all those effects for TI. <laughs> so all that money going to artists is now you know through TI and whatnot. But it's just one of those things. Like the issue with the battle pass, it just wasn't sustainable. Which is I understand on some level why they're doing what they're doing, is because you're power creeping every single year trying to beat last year, mm -hmm. and TI ten. Battle Pass was absurd, if you look at it now, right? It's like absolutely fucking absurd. And I can understand on some level why they have kind of cut back a bit. But I just wish they did it in a way that would benefit the scene instead of just them, right? That's the only issue that And that would be easy. You just cap the price pool of TI, let's say, to 20, and you roll the rest of the money to the rest of the season. Exactly. Yeah, we've been saying this. I mean, this is a conversation we've had probably a hundred times on the 160 <laughs> podcast episodes that we've had. I make sure to so. give it a shout out every second time. It's either that or you just shitting on neutral items. One yeah. of the two. Yeah. Every yeah. Single time. <laughs> we should do like a bingo card for our podcast, actually. That would be pretty funny. Yeah, a true. drinking game. <laughs> but yeah, I kind, I kind of agree with like the whole theme, thematical thing. The one thing that they've tried to keep this like fiery theme or whatever is in the Battle Pass collection. Like that chest has fire themed sets but it's a bit hard to explain it but it feels a little bit more like shoehorned in right and it's not yeah it's not the theme of the immortals in the same way like i feel like the immortals have obeyed more to a theme in previous years this year it's just like a lot of different cool stuff but it doesn't really like you said tell a story <laughs> and i just think the map is really what's missing uh, yeah i guess i think the map too for me the map and some sort of Magma. custom mode because the only custom mode they've teased is dire tight and that has like nothing to do with the theme of ti at all there's nothing that ties it together um and they don't have i think shannon the creeps you used the crocodiles or whatever they were part of like uh the theme as well right 
Uh, I mean, it was one of the TIs. I don't know if it yeah. was actually thematic. I think it was thematic. But... Wasn't that the one that was like water style or whatever? Oh yeah, maybe you're right. I yeah. think. And then the, the that terrain the was a disaster. Well. The towers this year are crabs that don't really fit the lava theme. <laughs> I feel like they're just oh, they, there. Yeah. They they know? can live in very deep depths. They can. So it does technically oh. make sense, but I think they look terrible personally. But. But I think, like, looking at in a more simple way, just pick up a color, you know? Pick up a color and just keep it. Mm -hmm. If this color is red, you know, every effect has to be red. Every set has to kind of be red. Every terrain and the towers have to be red. Keep the magmatic element, and that's it. You don't really have to overcomplicate it. And, well, if what if people like other effects? It's okay, because you have other TIs, you know, with other colors, you know? Mm -hmm. You have the purple TI, and you have the, this other TI. So if you keep it as a theme, I think it's just more cohesive. Like, I want to see a skin and say, oh, this is from 2021, you know? That TI. Yeah. I could see that. Can't use red, though. That's Crimson Witness. <laughs> that's a big color. Of, correct. So that's the special drops of TI. Yeah. Do, do, do some of the Chinese players still have those crazy sets with strange particle effects and, like, the fading ghost and stuff? Like, I remember I FY had a bunch of them. They still, they're still in the game. They still work like that. I think so. Yeah, I think China, oh so my the, God. the perfect world client, got like special treasures or sets or whatever. Yeah, they do also have their own, but but they had ones that also worked on European servers. Yeah, I mean, the isn't Chinese that just how it care works? a lot. The Chinese, about the Chinese items work on the Western servers, but not vice versa. Isn't that how it is? Because they have like limitations for like skulls and blood and stuff on characters. Yeah, well, I don't know if they work anymore, but I just remember playing playing in games. When that was there, it was real. Were there any cosmetics win. that you were like, yeah? Do you think any of them actually win. bothered you? Like in of course, those player? were those were intense. Those were the some of the most extreme. Right now, I would say there's also a few extreme ones they added, like the Mirana Moonlight Shadow that makes everyone dark. So mm -hmm. like that makes them every, everybody more or less pitch black. Even though you get the sentry on them, they still have this weird pitch black animation. So if you're playing against Terrorblade Mirana, he clicks Metamorph with his set that also makes him pitch black and he has Manta and Illusions are going, you have no fucking clue. Whereas normally, you would have a clue. Like, you you should know. And in fact, like, the game mm -hmm. is telling you with basic skins, you should know which one is the real TV when you're dealing with uh, no Manta, but, like, Conjure Image and, and Moonlight Shadow and, and Meta. But but now you actually can't. And I would say that's, like, the most extreme. And, and then there's, like, the Ursa set, which I think you can get used to. The red one, where you're actually not sure if he enrages. Like, if you don't, Play with the sound cue, or like if you don't, you're not sure, and if he, or if he goes fog, like he's actually so red that he could be enraged it by by like glancing. Um, I think you can get used to it, but in the beginning, when when people started playing with that, a lot of us were bothered by that one too in, in the team, in my team. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say the does the Abaddon bother you? The one that is all blue it looks like he's ulting the whole time. Oh, maybe maybe there was something with that. Maybe there was something with that. There are some sets that works funny with the runes and 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 like the meta when. When you're dark, like it also covers some runes more, uh, makes it harder to see what's going on. And the Moonlight Shadow again, like I think these two are, are the most insane. But speaking of the Abaddon, that fucking taunt is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> I figured if you were still playing and you're playing Abaddon, you would definitely be spamming the shit out of that thing. Oh, of course, of course, it's god tier. Now, actually, might just pick the hero just for it. Yeah, do you, No Tail, miss anything from... We've probably asked you this on the pod. We definitely did. Uh, do you miss anything from Han from a player standpoint? Like when you're in a competitive game, being able to like taunt or like the announcer packs or anything like that that you wish that Dota... 
is if you look at it, Dota has become more extreme over time, but yeah. still some things in Han <laughs> were so far out there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I mean there were some there were some skins like this for me it's like the Sephir skin, the Turkey one. The sound effects were so <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like Dota sometimes goes into this, like the same thing with the weird elephant techies skin. It's like, mm -hmm. it's kind of a little bit out there. I feel like you could add some more, maybe change the sound for some of the abilities and make like something really funny that just makes you go, what the fuck, what the fuck am I listening to? Like the, I, the Sephir ultimate with the turkey, it was so funny. It goes, it goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I would love it if they did something fundamental to Dota still, like more, maybe more than map changes, but even something else like changing the cast point for all heroes, like making it quicker, like, so that they just turn, Sounds like, good. and you can turn it back at some point, you know, like maybe people don't want to deal with it, but they, I, I hear the same shit from every change, you know, they don't, people don't want to deal with it at first, but then it just becomes part of the game and it's freshening, you know, and I feel Dota should get some big change like this, um. Yeah, some fundamental change to something. I really like the neutral, uh, like the concept of some neutral items. I mean, I still think it's kind of game breaking, uh, but I really like the the jungle fights back. Like all creeps getting like changed, worked around, stronger, actually fighting back like in the jungle. You know, <laughs> also, um, yeah, I I I feel like Dota patches have just been different for a year or so. Okay, a I got a, I got an idea for you. I've been trying to pitch this for years now, okay? And we're getting uh, to the point where go. I think it's going to happen after TI because people have been begging for change to the terrain, okay? Obviously, they made some slight map changes. I don't know. Not that interesting. All right, two Roche pits, okay? <sighs> two Roche pits, one where it is now and one on the opposite side of the map. The first spawn of Roche is random between the two, okay? So the beginning of the game, you can see if it spawned on the south side or the north side. Every time you kill Roche, it alternates spawns. So every game is slightly different. Thoughts? I'm a genius, I know. Thoughts, you said? Yes. Hmm. I would Cinderin say that right loves now, Tyre has, has like 70% of win rate right now, right? So is you got to change something. So mm -hmm. I like the idea of bouncing back to, you know how the old Roche pit was at the, at the mm -hmm. when it was like kind of Dire Ancients? I honestly would love, yeah, I, I, like one patch where, fuck it, like give one that's like this to Radiant or like this to Dire and, and work around it like you just said, or, or make two bosses that you have to kind of kill both before the timer starts. So it's like not maybe like you don't get the roar spawn. No, I don't know. Fuck it. You can also just make it random like the runes. I, I don't mind. Like you have to then fight different territory ad adjust and stuff like, yeah, sure. Why not? I think I actually don't think it's so bad of an idea, like just something that really spices things up a bit too, you know? And like change Roshan to be named Congor. That's also a new one, I think. <laughs> Shannon, what, what do you think I think of that idea? Do you think I like it or hate no, it? I, I think you, at first, were very hesitant because I'm a bullshitter, but I think over time I've broke you yeah, down I think, to the point that I think you like it more. I think it's definitely... Yeah, there's different things you can do about Rosh. That's one of them, is to alternate or have a separate spawn or whatever. Um, so. But I like what they did with the skins too. Like they they made like basically Dota One Void and and Razor too. Like mm -hmm. and the Razor in Dota One was so much cooler with his with the shield and the staff that kind of went up. Not just this 
his whip. Like I feel like he he looks way better, and I like that bringing it back too. So things like this, you know, in Dota, where you could actually maybe think of way back in the day, like how do things work, and and, and do that again. Um, maybe do something about the runes again. You know, I like when they change the runes too, like how they spawn and how they work. Usually takes weeks before people really adjust and adapt. You know, and and I think that's. That's what also makes Dota so I awesome. I really wish they'd bring back, if you're talking about old Dota 1 mechanics, being able to destroy the fountain. What a great mechanic that was. <laughs> Devour it? Did you play yeah. that patch? Devour it. Devour? No, I did not Dota know one that patch was where it was bugged and Doom could just walk in there and devour the fountain. Oh, shit. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Defense of your fountain at that point. <laughs> in Dota 1, without it being a bug, you could frostbite the fountain for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that disarmed. too. <laughs> really? Damage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the the lineup that you killed Fountain with in Dota 1 almost always had Maiden or Omni, right? Yeah, Omni and Alchemist, I remember a lot. Result, be able to you could change the whole structure of the base too, you know? You have so much space to work with. You could change how things are and how things sit and, and, and maybe, yeah, I don't know, like change how some towers work like, like in the base. Like they also drain mana or some shit, you know? Make something stronger, something's weaker. I'm really tired of the zoom meta too, you know, like they destroyed Magnus and I, I feel like I want to see strats that are something different too sometimes. Um, I mean, there's just so much, there's minions in every game now. See, you brought up towers, since we're kind of talking about the battle pass, I assume still. Uh, you said yes, Razor and the... Void were like Dota 1 models, right? Mm -hmm. That they're, they took Minions like the Octopus from guy again and yeah. then the guy they so get him a shield why, why if you're gonna keep with that theme why not make the towers like dota one those are haven't they already awesome done towers. that no i thought they came out the clockwork a... shadow fiend ones that i mean it's not exactly but we need the tree roof trellin throwing rocks right yeah and i thought the, we had a trench throwing tower. the last one last year i think it was a person doing no, that was this. that was a dragon the, the last tower was the dragon, the one before that was the clockwork, and then the shadow fiend lookalikes. Like the stone towers. I think those are the only custom towers now. Hmm. I don't remember. So to keep adding to what Johan said, so I know that I am not representative of the Dota ecosystem, but let's say that I play between 3K and 4K. I promise, dude, my games are exactly the same no matter the patch. I don't even see new heroes. I don't see new dynamics. We're playing the same things. Because we don't have enough, like, sophistication to, to when, well, right now this hero is not made. It doesn't fucking matter. We're playing on 3K. It's like, I, I'm trapped. So unless you change something fundamentally in the map or add a new dynamic or add shrines or add something to teleport or change the rush speed and put two of them, something that fundamentally changes the game, I feel that I've been playing the same game for three years already. Yep. With nothing changed. It does feel so very similar. change something. Yep, I agree. Yes, obviously on the pro scene, I can see the 1% differences, you know, and how impactful they are. But in my games, they're none. Well, I think that's another topic of discussion. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, Dota has done a really good job of like catering to pro players for a really long time, which I think is important. But I think it's gotten maybe a little bit too far and they should start looking at like normal people because <laughs> that is 99% of your audience after all. Uh, and I think they have been doing that slowly over the course of the last few years like putting in stuff that makes the game easier to play like there are people they came out with the status bar icons what are those called the thing that shows like your, your how long you're stunned for or whatever people hated it at first and within a week it's like oh why we should have had this years ago i think more I stuff like that would be would be good 
think they also streamlined certain hero designs that were really complex, right? Where the depth of the hero in Pro Dota was really high, but the average player couldn't play it. Like Old Wisp or Chen have become way simpler, uh, which, I mean, I personally like the old IO more. You know, Shannon, I'm a sucker for these spells where you sacrifice yourself for the benefit of others, right? And IO used to have that with Overcharge, and now it just makes you better, right? But it used to be an equilibrium hero that was really difficult to play because you needed to, like, gauge, is this where I start hurting myself to buff my carry or not? This kind of stuff. IO got a lot simpler. It's just flat out a buffing hero now. You think You think Chen got more simple? Because yeah. all the creeps have way different abilities now. Yeah, that's true. Like but I think that the hero is a lot less of a, of a micro... Um, it's less of a micro hero than it used to be because back then in order to play a really strong Chen, your micro needed to be exceptional. And now the hero does a lot more with less perfect play because you're a lot about, you know, farm, you get mech, you have your ults and it's not so much about this, except on the pro level, right? That's what I'm talking about. But for the average player, I think the new Chen okay. is way more forgiving. I guess that's the best way of saying it. Fuck all I, I the average players. Dota <laughs> is a game for the tryhards. Dota is a game <laughs> for the pros. You can try and catch up. I think I don't think they should be balanced according to like. I mean, I feel like it should be balanced according to both in 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 some sense. But at the same time, I also feel like unless there's like fundamentally a problem where Podge or Sniper is beating every single Herald game, I <laughs> I feel like it's it's more maybe about teaching people the way to to deal with it or answer it. You know, simply. As well, like there is no good guide system then, or something in place, because sometimes things are busted. But but I, I think if you start balancing the game according to more to the average, you are inevitably go going in a way where Dota is no longer going to be Dota, because it's it's always been so complex. You've had these complex heroes from the beginning, mm -hmm. and if you change that, I think all these old fuckers are are also gonna like be less in enticed by the game. I think this is what's really enticing. For, for at least a lot of them, you know? I know Puppy's like this. He just plays the hard heroes. Like, mm -hmm. that's what he says, you know? And then sometimes Ogre. I don't know where that comes from, but... <laughs> Very hard hero. <laughs> well, he hits hard, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then, maybe the sacrifice is you not balance the heroes just for plebs, but at least give me more information on the screen so I can actually know what the fuck is going on, you know? Or just go fucking crazy and, like, just do some crazy changes where nobody's sure what's going to happen with this, you know? Like, you buff yeah. one thing but nerf the other and they interact and you're like, yeah, it's good. Or or no, like, this has happened so many times and I think that's what's also the great about the patches. Like, the more this happens where you say something is great and it turns out to be shit or vice versa, like, this is super shit. No way you can play this and it turns out to be great. It means so much complex shit happened that, and it's what makes it feels like a new game. Okay. So I have a question for you, Johan, then. Imagine that you were playing for $40 million and Sam, the smartass, just changes something that fundamentally makes you garbage and then makes some other team really good. Would you be saying, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? Let's keep that's, that's a great excuse. What, is that patch catering to them? Like, you can't <laughs> learn? Like, what is it? Dota's about learning. Like, if you can't fucking learn, then, then get out of here. You know, there's no hope for you. <laughs> like, this is what the game is about. You have to adapt. You have to learn. Like, if you're going to be one hero player, it's it's hard, you know, you need, depending on also how the banning system works, you're going to need a certain amount of heroes, and then you're also going to need a team to play around, you know, one of the four, if you're a four-man hero type of guy, like you, the game will ask a lot of you, and, and part of this is also adapting and playing new shit, like you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Okay, so now so that you I, brought this I up. agree, fundamentally, I just think the threshold, I'm not saying make it easy to play like League of Legends, whatever the fuck, these like mobile yeah, games, yeah. right? 
It's all about where that threshold is. And I think the thing that yeah. concerns me more than anything is the lack of new players, right? I think yeah. finding a way to bring in new players, whatever that solution may be, is what I'm most concerned with going forward. But maybe this is the conversation that you and I have had before, is that I believe that maybe probably Johan is right on the Dota part, but let's bring new players by making new games, mini games, and all that, mm. you know? Like, let's keep the Dota Pro scene like in a way for them, you know? Go custom games. Yes, I think that's the play, you know, custom games. Yeah. I think... Or be yeah, smart sorry, about it. Now. It's like, so you had Fortnite painted on buses in Australia as a type of advertisement. You know, you get, you get Call of Duty ads on YouTube. Like, Dota doesn't really do anything. I've only seen something when I went to Star Ladder, I think in Kiev, I saw a Dota ad also on YouTube. But that wasn't paid for by Valve. Like they, there's no activation like this. I don't think Dota is like as advertisable to the super young age, but I do think like chess, it's really not that exciting at first glance. Like it's not colorful. It's not many, many, many things, but there's a certain audience that's really going to love it. Same thing with Dota. And I do think, yeah, you really want to get to them and then you really want to make it so that, yeah, they also get a nice introduction, nice way in. And probably there has, you could make systems where you actually try to, you know, bring nice people together and make that environment because that's what it was for me. You know, once you find a nice group to play with, Battle.net can also be an experience. I, I don't mind the toxic shit like now and again. Sometimes it gets a little much, but I agree with you. I think there should there should be something done, but that's, for the whole history of Dota, I think it's only been the community. Um, it would be cool to, to try and figure something out, you know, where f through funding and whatever, like all this could happen pretty easily, I'm so, sure. I have a question for you. Please correct me if I'm wrong. If I am a new player right now, I want to start playing Dota, but Dota is an overwhelming experience. Can I play mini games, or I still need a level something to get into the mini games? You need level something. So then, how do I get this? It's like well, I need I the mini games to be if, available for if, level zeros. If Ag I think with Aghanim's Labyrinth, maybe that was not. I don't think that was the case. But I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I guess, but to pretty sure you need games? a certain level to play arcade games. Yeah. Really. I think they implemented that to combat bots, right? Yeah, we're just making accounts and going into arcade and just flooding it with fake games. So yeah, um, it's it was like a band aid solution, and yeah. then they just never changed it. I just I just wanted to quickly ask John yeah. one thing because Shannon and I have been talking about this multiple times, and you're like you have this mentality of okay, you need to adapt and overcome. What do you think is the sweet spot for how late you can implement a patch before an event, like from a pro player perspective? What's the latest before TI that you can patch the game? And it's I fair. I say three weeks is a little tight. I would say four weeks is kind of, okay. I would like it from both perspectives as a, as a competitor and as a, a viewer, because once you get there, I don't think you have reached you. It's enough time for people to build their ideas about the game. It's enough time for regions and people to get split and different ideas about the game. And it's also not enough time that you're going to have like tournaments and exposure. People are not going to want to share either if you're doing doing it like that. I think you don't want to go up to, all the way up to eight weeks potentially. I mean, eight weeks can also be okay if the patch is great and, and extensive. It also depends on that. Then eight weeks works. But yeah, like I, I do think from... At least my point of view, from both experiences, you, you don't want a, a patch that's too stale. From a competitive point of view, I think three, two, two weeks is... I wouldn't mind for like majors and stuff. For TI, it's probably a little... Mm. I'll feel a little bad not having more time to learn. 
three weeks is cool enough if you know it's coming you know you have time to prepare for this and and, and so you can grind and four weeks i think is a good number um okay. i think it's cool you know you get to sharpen your ideas about the game you get to work on it people get like teams get to build some strong shit and then you get to like a groove stage you get that natural development of of ideas and, and testing ideas and yeah i think you have this nice explosion you know when you get to ti and you and it starts keeps building 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 mm -hmm. uh to, through the playoffs but my answer then will be because we have qualifiers and they are separated between weeks and then we have last chance qualifiers and then you have the main one i mean this year and i mean the whole dbc last year too has been really strange because this has really changed how dota used to work with this concept of really shaking it up you know like you have chess you break it down endlessly you have fucking computers playing the game for 10 years but the game doesn't change dota you could you could say that it's similar to that like in some patches where you get towards some type of breaking it down and then it's really cool and and i think the whole scene enjoys when it really gets shaken up and it's it's not like ground level for everyone but it's like you you definitely get <clears throat> this new experience and, and a chance to relearn things um, yeah. Oof, I missed the old patches. Because <laughs> they were, some of them were crazy, at least for me. I've, I, this one, also pretty extensive. I just wish it was a little bit more. Like, I do wish it was more. Have you played the new patch? Bro, I haven't touched, I haven't played a game in like four months, I think. Wow. Not itching to play at all, then, Three huh? months or something. I mean, you haven't missed much. This is basically the same patch. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm watching all the time, and I feel like I'm not I'm not missing much. There's a few things I now want to try with the latest patch. It could be cool, but... Like I'm, Centaur Cart? Oh, boy, that's a good one right there. Uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been a CM fan for a while now, like, just not CM5. Like, CM needs to get those items, like the BKB, the Shard, the Blink. I think it's great hero, great teamfight tool. And now with the Centaur, even more so. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's cool stuff, but I'm, ah, dude, no, I'm just I'm just watching. Maybe I'll play it soon, but ah, no, not itching. Is this the longest break you've had from Dota? I think so. I think so. Yeah, mm. I mean, must be. Since I was since before I saw, I touched the first game. <laughs> Do you want to ask him if he thinks he's gonna come back? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> oh, I. Are you going to come back, No Tail, <laughs> to professional play? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Next season looks better, like, time-wise. But to be frank, I, I also really want to spend the summer. Uh, so I was kind of hoping that if the schedule was going to be the same, then maybe I could spend, you know, the summer not playing. Just, like, calculate my year. Because uh, this was also the first summer in my life i i didn't grind dota <laughs> or like in my life like since i since i started since i was like 14 so it was kind of nice to not be by the pc when the sun was up uh for once yeah what is so, what is that like going outside it's kind of nice not gonna lie if you get if you get in the groove of it and yeah you get you get your time built up so you don't just burn in one hour two hours uh it's, it's a lot less stress free, uh, stressful and do the lights behind you help you tan as well inside that is almost <laughs> yeah. I, I think so <laughs> they might nah but yeah it's, it's been good it's been good lots of gardening i'm a worm far worm farmer as oh. well wow yeah. that's cool very cool <laughs> very cool 
from I do not mean that sarcastic. No, no. <laughs> that is cool. Having other interests is uh, pretty important. So, what are your like other interests, one... Shannon, apart from yeah, shitting on the... basketball teams? That's the I was problem. Basketball. Just basketball, computers. That's it. That's pretty sad Cats. life, actually. I need to. Do you, do you miss? Do you miss running a team? Uh, I miss the idea of it. Obviously, our the person I was working with, let's let's say, was a complete psychopath. So don't miss that aspect. Uh, we're telling. I mean, we had a meeting with. It wasn't with this guy though. It was just me, Nikki, and No Tail with Karaoke, I think actually, where I was trying to recruit No Tail to be on the original DC, and I just remember telling him. Uh, on the podcast later that you get you guys dodged the fucking bullet man it i'm i was i know when you guys won the first I mean, major i was jealous i was like fuck because we had a choice between you and the curtis aui team ignoring that aspect i fucking loved it it was great like being able to be at boot camps because you know i used to play competitively with cs so i had like some taste for it but obviously like back then it wasn't like as big of a deal as it is now but just the camaraderie, you know, trying to be a life coach at times, even though I wasn't particularly good at it at that point, at least. I think I do a lot better now. Uh, just being more comfortable with people and trying to work through our troubles. Like, the first six months, we were dog shit. That team was complete fucking dog shit. Uh, but we got to a point where we were really excited. And then, as we brought in Soxa, we brought in uh, Resolution. We were trying them out. And we were we're playing these scrims with Curtis, AUI, and Bulba, and games were going really well. We're actually really excited. And then Bulba and AUI ended up going getting poached by EG. So that was like one of the worst days of my life, actually. I remember feeling so shit. Like just sick to my stomach. Like you put in all this time, all this money, and it's like your dream to have a team. And it just felt like it fell apart. So we just take whatever scraps we can, right? The Rezo socks that are still available, obviously, and then Got fucking really lucky with Weha and Misery and just... <laughs> I mean, we were still shit for a while, but then at TI, they really hit their stride. Will uh, RTZ ever win a major? <laughs> wow. No, but did you? That was, that was a change of topic out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just not. Whenever the topic of EG comes and like poaching players, I feel like RTZ is almost always in the mix of like getting poached to Secret or EG or going somewhere, but that's like he that's never true. won the major. So How many second places <laughs> has he had though? Oof. At majors. Two or three? Uh, uh, to wrap it up, these, uh, well, not wrap it up, but the last segment is that I want to hear from your, uh, why do you guys make the podcast? How do you feel about making the podcast? How does the podcast, no, no, take a place in your life? Because we've only been doing this for 37 episodes or 38. That's quite a lot. And it has become an instrumental part of my life, you know? We, in a way, wrap our week around it. Uh, so I guess I'm the one that started the conversation. Um, let's see, when was this? 2018? Yeah, yeah I, I was going so. through a pretty shitty time because my dad had died the previous year. I was at the, I was at the super major when it happened. It was just like a really fucked up time. And then I didn't get, not, not to compare the situations, of course, but I didn't get invited to TI, which I was extremely upset about because I mean, the only thing you can go by is like, like how well you're doing is by Reddit threads. And I, every time I was at an event, I would get like these really prominent Reddit threads. Like, okay, I guess... Maybe there's a good chance to go to TI. No, again, not invited. Uh, I was into Artifact, which was still in a closed beta. And that obviously went 
horrifically. I took a break from Dota because of Artifact to try it out. And just nothing was going well. <laughs> just absolutely everything was dog shit. And I needed something like consistent in my life. And obviously Cinderin has been a good friend for quite a while. So I thought it would be fun to do a weekly podcast. Of course, I never expected him to show up every week. That's the biggest shock every time is when he shows up for some reason. Uh, but just built from that. And yeah, it's turned into something pretty nice. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I think I think when we started it, it was just like, you know, let's, this is something that we think could be fun. Let's just try it out and see if people enjoy it. You know, it's a lot of ideas in Dota are just, you know, passion projects to begin with. And then um, it was, I guess it was something that when you look to other games and other scenes that Dota didn't really have as much of like an integrated podcast coverage of its game than other scenes did. Uh, and something really appealing for both of us, I'm sure he would agree with, is when you're running your own podcast, you could talk about whatever the fuck you want. You just derail the conversation, talk about something totally different than Dota. Uh, and it's always kind of been our vibe with the podcast that there's like certain news in Dota that we talk about. But then aside from that, we'll take whatever spin on it we want. We'll talk about something in gaming that has nothing to do with Dota. We'll talk about movies. We'll talk about sports. We'll talk about our fruit tier list from 1 to 23, you know, like whatever it is. Just It's just our thing, you know, it's about us. Um, and I think that's, what's really appealing for us about it is, you know, just kind of being ourselves and that people, I've always said this about broadcasting as well, is that I feel like people interact and enjoy a product more. You can tell that people are just having a good time making it right. Like that's always when we're casting together as well, we try to, you know, we're, ju we're genuinely having fun. We're not like putting on an act of pretending to have fun. You know, at least I'm not, maybe Shannon is putting up with me like laughing because he has to, but yeah, we're we're, uh, <laughs> we're we're enjoying ourselves, um, and obviously it it turned into something bigger. Like over time, people were like, I, I think Shannon, it was the fans that came to us and were like, "Why don't you guys make a Patreon? We want to pay to watch the podcast." Essentially, because we ran it for quite a while with no financial incentives, and then over time, people wanted a Patreon, and then sponsors got interested. So now it's also a profitable thing that we run every week. So that's that's really cool. That's amazing. Awesome. I have enjoyed it for a long time. For us, I think that we are in a very different place and a little bit because I think that Johan and I wanted to start something together and I think it was very good for Johan to be seen as a human, not only <laughs> no-tail. So people knew Johan and he's a great mind and a great person and I needed to give him a little bit more, let's say, a platform, you know, for him to talk about his ideas, you know, as he's like taking a break and all that. But we very quickly saw that we could not speak freely as you guys could in your podcast. We have too many sponsors, too many people that have ideas of mm. what we should talk and not talk about. And very quickly, because the idea was like, oh, dude, we'll just get on the phone and we'll just chat. And we'll talk about, about partying, about dating, about anything like that. And I was like, yeah, no, no, we can't. Like none of these beats were actually make it into the podcast ever. We realized that we kind of have to keep it more like on the Dota world or talking live with Dota people. Mm -hmm. And we or the obviously movies we don't want to- I think is great topics too, you know, like share. We do, yeah, yeah. but you can see our algorithm when we are Dota, talking Dota about topics of Dota, it really rewards us, you know? And we get mm -hmm. the 30 to 40 to 50,000 views. When we're just talking shit, and it's just Johan and me, it's only like seven to eight, 9,000. So it really shows that 
maybe there is a product market fit for just talking about Dota mm -hmm. and just keeping it Dota related and then we can get the sponsors, we can grow it to 30 to 40 to 50. I think that if we do a good re a good a good job in by episode let's say 80, we can plateau it at 40 and 50k views. That would be really good with guests for a and podcast, all that. it's extremely good. Yeah. Especially in Dota. But I don't know if that's the one that we were happy to make because mm -hmm. that's not what we were trying to make. We were trying to do something. We were just talking shop and just talking things and all that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think we we played with a bunch of different formats, you know? So we always said we were not an interview podcast. We're not an, a guest podcast. It was just Johan and me and Johan and me and Seb. But then we actually had to do it because we were running out of topics to talk about as well. <laughs> because we're so limited, you know, yeah. by yeah. things that we can talk about. And then we said, okay, let's invite guests. And then the guests obviously add a lot of really cool things into it. But then I didn't want, in a way, the brand of the podcast just be based on the guests. Because then we don't have any fans of the podcast. We just have fans of the people that come in. Our guests, for example, the Anna episode has 160,000 views. Okay, but that's the Anna effect. It's not the podcast effect. That's mm -hmm. just Anna. You put Anna somewhere and it just pops. And we've done like watch parties and we've done a bunch of other things. But I think that your, and this is a compliment, is... Your chemistry is unmatched. We don't have that. You guys are so much better than us entertaining, so much better than us making things fun. And I watch you guys every week. For us, we have to make it more topic-based <laughs> topic podcast in order to provide an entertainment. You are too kind. I don't agree, but you are too <laughs> kind. I'm funny. You know you're funny. I'm funny. You know that you both are very, very funny. You try and to be. So I know you know this, but I'm just going to try to put words into it so the fans can understand it. I think that your podcast and some of my favorite podcasts, it creates a sense of friendship and community. I feel that I'm your friend because I am just there watching you, mm. even though it's only one way, you know, mm -hmm. but I get to watch you guys and it's like, oh, I, I get to hang out with these guys, you know, for an hour every week. It will be yeah. the same thing that me going to play basketball with my friends or going to play D&D, &D, you know, with my friends. The whole idea is not to play D&D. &D. I don't care about D&D. &D. It's yeah, more I about think you the get way... to spend. It, it's funny because it, at first, it seems like it's an easy thing to accomplish, but like the way that I look at it from just a viewer standpoint, like I take a lot of inspiration from NBA. I don't know if you've heard of a, a show called the, the fuck's it called? Inside, oh fuck. <laughs> T, the <laughs> TNT, the TNT show. Yeah, the Inside with Charles, NBA with, yeah, inside with the Charles, NBA. Yeah, yeah, of course. So the way that they do, have done stuff for years, I take inspiration from all the time. They just don't give a fuck, right? Like Charles Barkley's best person on TV, in my opinion. So I think having a level of that with obviously not going to the extreme, just finding the balance is actually tougher than it looks. But just by being able to do that, you feel very free and it just makes things more fun. And as a result, it feels more organic and people feel like they hang out or hang out with you. That's yeah. kind of the, the goal. Yeah. I, mean, I guess like overall. what I said about us being able to talk about whatever we want. I mean, obviously there is a limit, right? That you can't cross, but for the, for the, absolute most part and that's also what i think i think what it comes down to as well with like interference or whatever you want to call it with sponsorships is that i think it's really important for us that if there are people that want to sponsor or have an influence in the podcast they can get like a segment but they can't dictate the way the podcast is they're buying into our idea of what we're running we haven't had sponsors come in and be like hey okay we'll sponsor your podcast but only if you guys are more professional or don't go off topic or whatever like <laughs> 
because it's like okay yeah. well then what do we do right because that's that's our but thing for us, the sponsors are tied in a way to og as a whole mm -hmm. so if i mean i totally understand your perspective and Johan talking to, about absolutely it's, it's a different it's, like, okay. it's a different yeah. format and you have different like you have different responsibilities and commitments that we don't have and i think that's probably just why the the formats and the the directions are just different right i have to pee so bad I don't know if you're planning to wrap it up. Um, uh, I would say, five more minutes. you want to go here. pee, we can finish here. Just go, go pee. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, will, I was going to say that, obviously, I'm, I'm, we have good things and bad things, you know, because of the, how we play it. The, the good things is that we have such an immense fan base mm -hmm. that pretty much anything we do works. Like, to one level or another one. You know, if I show up just by myself, even though I'm not famous and I just record myself talking for an hour, I'll have 4,000 people watching. But obviously, the moment you bring Johan, you bring Seb, you bring Thompson, like I have access to these people that are in a way part of our friendship group. And one of the things that has been, again, I keep moving my own barriers, you know? I said, I don't want to invite anybody that I'm not friends with. But now I'm inviting you guys and I invited other people that I'm not friends with. But so I don't have the chemistry with you. We kind of have to build it here. But the idea is, in a way, what I told myself, I am not going to invite people that I don't want to be friends with. Oh, so hopefully, by the time we start building it, you know, this is something that we can all enjoy. And the second rule was, I don't want to invite someone that I'm not a fan of. Mm. So, because I need to know something about this. So no, I know this relationship is weird, but I have spent years and years and years watching you both work. So for me, this is more like, Hey, I, this is my love letter to you guys. Just like road to TI is my love letter to Topias or to Amar or to things like that. And when we bring Effie and when we bring like these guys, honestly, it's awesome. It's in a way I, I found a way to justify me hanging out with people that I want to hang out with. Uh, you can have any valve employees on. That's going to be a telling story. That will be <laughs> so I've invited a few of them and I have invited a few of them and they were not really excited to join. Mm. Same. Uh, yeah, they always yeah. say no. Even though I explained that, but you guys have Casey. You made, you got Casey in your. No, no. That was just a picture of Casey that I put as a oh, thumbnail. So you actually never had You've Casey. You've never had no. anyone from Valve on the podcast. Who do you want? If you could have anybody, who do you want? Ice Frog, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I've asked him. That's, that's a long shot. I, I think Gabe would be second. I guess Bruno would have to be up there. I mean, everybody recognizes him. So. Yeah. Do you think that there's a world that Ice says yes? That Frog says yes? No. 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 There is no world. I mean, no. nothing is zero percent, right? Nothing is zero. So it's I just, just shoot my it? shot. You know, huh? are you into troll it and put somebody else with like a bark background and no light on their face? And I thought about it, but it might anger the frog. So the <laughs> <laughs> so one man I don't want to upset. <laughs> These are the episodes where I play balls. We had a, a podcast where I play balls mm. inside OG. No, because I couldn't ever get a ball employee, so I play balls. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I will defend everything like if I was working for balls. <laughs> It can sometimes be very hard to That's do. actually a really funny idea. That's a funny concept. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be both in your podcast. And it was Kyle and all these guys was asking me questions. I'm like, guys, you guys don't understand that I was playing through, through a both. I'm sure they love that one. I watched, um, this was a show that you was on, they watch it? I think it was on British TV many years ago. It was called Argumental. I've told you about the show, Shannon, right? Yeah. I don't know. Does that ring a bell to any of you? No. So it's basically a show where they had like these big names in British comedy in two different teams and then they would give them prompts and they had to argue for or against it and win over yeah. the crowd. So it would be like the most obnoxious thing that they had to defend and the prompts were like hilarious and the guys were like really creative. 
ladies and gentlemen, big supermarkets are ruining this country. Okay, next up, opposing Rufus but supporting big supermarkets, it's Will Smith. Thank you. Um, I'd like to say that far from ruining Britain, supermarkets are actually enhancing all our lives. They're giving us choice. I don't want locally sourced produce. <laughs> I live in London. <laughs> what am I going to get? Rats, pigeons and dog shit. <laughs> well, that's one pie I don't want to bake. It's so fucking funny to watch. But that is in a way debate debate team, you know, in high school. Yeah, it, it's gotta, exactly. You, it was like that, but uh -huh. it was with, you know, debates, debate team in high school is not really about being funny. It's about being right. This was a lot about like coming up with absolutely hilarious ideas. So people thought it was funny. I would vote for you, right? That's really funny. You could, you could look it up. There's a lot of the videos on YouTube still in uh -huh. shit quality. We'll look into it. Maybe you'll like it. So to wrap it up, what is the thing that you look the most forward from the next few months? TI? Just seeing what happens in TI, Singapore? Uh, I'm about to launch my launch my custom game that I've been working on for mm. a year. So yeah. that, that one I'm looking forward to the most. But doesn't every patch break custom games? Yeah, that's right. Uh, actually, it hasn't <laughs> been that bad lately. But I've been told it should be okay. So we'll see. Crossing you my fingers. you want to talk about it a little bit more or...? How secret it is? Oh, it's not a it's not a secret. I've been playing it on stream all the time. So it's just uh, yeah. something I've been working on with Jenkins and a team of coders for almost a full year. It has consumed literally all of my time. I've been averaging probably 30 hours a week if I had to average it throughout that year on top of everything else. But it's, uh, it's, a, cross, it? it's a cross between uh, Atomic War or like auto chess, like these auto battlers and ability draft. You're basically like buying abilities and putting them on empty heroes and then just mixing and matching, essentially. Categories, tier five being the absolute worst, which is why you can see I get these god-awful choices. But you'll get a strength, agi, or int choice. Uh, I get phoenix. The spells down here cost three gold, as it says. And you will lose your gold. And I have four right now. You lose your gold every round, so you want to spend it. And I'm actually going to roll once. Okay, none of these are particularly great for level one. I'm going to take mana break, and then I just drag it to the body. So Phoenix now has mana break. But the way the game works is you buy abilities, you combine them, uh, or you put them on certain heroes to get cool combos. Eventually you will have five heroes in play, or five bodies, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but the more duplicate spells you find, the stronger the spells get. So, for mana break, if I hover over... What the hell? What is going on with Io? Okay, this is a bug. Sorry to Bailey. Not sure what she... <laughs> There was a new patch that came out for Dota that can sometimes fuck things up. And we're seeing me get a free win because of it, so that's great to see. <laughs> Alright. Um, and it's been... We've it gotten extremely good. good. We've gotten a very good reception. Uh... Not worried about it doing well. I think it's going to do well, but the question is, will it reach the Chinese scene? Because <laughs> I've been told that's the only way your your custom game can live. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, we got a lot of streamers coming in to take part in the launch in the next. We haven't officially announced the dates yet, but it's like in the next week and a half or so, hopefully, if things go well. So we'll see. Well, like I mentioned to you in Arlington, anything we can do. I believe mini games is the future of my existence in Dota. 
I only play mini games. I to this day play GMTD every day, more than mm. I play normal games. So anything we can do. Didn't they make that in uh, actual Steam? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Or is it? They made one? a standalone. Oh, a couple I don't know, of one of the TDs. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I get them mixed up, maybe. And for you, Cinderin, what are you looking forward to uh, most? Yeah, so I generally, the way I plan my life, I don't really plan very far ahead in general. So for me, I'm mainly looking forward to TI, obviously, which is coming soon. And then from a Dota perspective, probably just looking forward to hopefully a big shakeup. I think this patch was a bit of a breath of fresh air, and I think a lot of the stuff in this is good, but I'm kind of with Johan that we th I think we need something bigger. Uh, to really shake things up. Um, looking forward to some different video games, I guess, that have no release date, so who knows when they're coming out. What else do you want to play? Probably what do you play? Do you number one on my list, Hollow Knight Silk Song, okay. I think is going to be amazing. Um, but that has been postponed, which I, in this day and age with video games, I take as a really good sign when things get postponed, because I feel like people ship games that aren't ready. So it's better that you wait and finish it. Uh, but sometimes the stakeholders are like, we got to make that money. You need to launch it now. And it it just sucks. So many great games die because they launch half a year too early, in my opinion. So I'm excited for that. Um, aside from that, I mean, that's kind of a boring answer, but I just, I don't really feel like I have something really big on the docket, like Shannon's video or Shannon's own custom game that we put a lot of time and effort into. Um, it's mainly just Dota stuff that I'm looking forward to. And, you know, the rest just comes as it does. I'm sure there will be something great. I just don't know what it is yet, mm -hmm. but generally good things happen. So. How about you, Johan? What do you have going on? Oh, I plan also not very far ahead, even less. Just excited for pumpkin soup tomorrow, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of it. Big, is it big your day. own pumpkins? No, it's actually the neighbor. He has a big garden. Oh, we nice. went by to check it out and he gave us tomatoes. We made tomato sauce and pasta tonight. And tomorrow we'll make a pumpkin soup. There's something really tranquil about that idea. I've thought about that, like how cool it would be to live in like, um, you know, it would obviously be super inconvenient, but like imagine living in like a medieval society for a week, like really just, you know, where you had to like trade with people with goods. You didn't maybe have money or like trading an egg for a bit of oh, this and that. That's and you like have to cook everything. You can just go to Burning no, Man like, if you want. I mean, <laughs> there's no currency just, in Burning Man. You take the drugs out, yeah. you still have the other experience. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I think there's something really charming and like kind of wholesome about that idea of, you know, sharing food with your neighbor. That sounds awesome to me. I think that must be really Yeah, nice. yeah. I mean, hopefully there's also an abundance of food and then everybody can have whatever they want, you know, and you mm -hmm. can take the seeds out of the tomato to make it even better. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, ah, but their food grows so fast here in Portugal. It's crazy. Like I grew so much squash in, in no time and no space. It was, I got so sick of squash in two weeks. I couldn't deal with it anymore, you know? You feel the urgency to eat it, otherwise you grew it for nothing. But That's when just... people started selling. Was when they grew too much for themselves very quickly. Yeah, but also the the kind of crops we have these days, like they were not like this in medieval <laughs> times. You know, the right. chickens, the crops, like all the things right now are just fucking. They're so big and they grow so fast. Um, yeah, so I'm just looking forward for that to that tomorrow. Not looking forward to a Singapore flight, like 20 hours. I'm already dreading it, but you know, we'll get there. Awesome. What about you, James? Uh, well, I'm flying tonight to Saudi to try to convince the government to do more Riyadh Masters once every year. And I'll be meeting with the head of esports there as a representative of Dota. 
uh, I think that is for me is Singapore. It's Singapore. I, I need a little bit of live Dota and TI because in a way, this team that we had, we talked about it many times during the podcast. We never really thought it was going to work this well. Our idea was like, well, we'll have a whole year building, you know, for a pinnacle at TI. But obviously they picked really well during the season and they've been really consistently good. Now, this is the big test, you know, this is the Rocky finally third act of the movie, you know, what happens when you go to the biggest tournament in the year with the biggest team, with the biggest captains, the biggest stage, you know? So I'm just really, really excited about seeing how they gel together. Because it's mm -hmm. obviously you both all know it's very different gelling in a minor or in a major or online than gelling on TI. So I think it would be like... Well, the track record so far is very good. Yeah, we've been building it for so long that finally we want to see it in full action. I think that mm -hmm. the one we saw in Arlington was a real a real testament, eh? but it was with Sep. So we've never seen it full flesh and full throttle with... That's true. With Misha. Yeah, that's true. How, how does Amar feel about the Mars nerfs <laughs> that were literally from Malaysia and playing Mars in Malaysia? Uh, oh, I mean, that's part of the challenge, probably... I guess, you know? Yeah. It was part of it. Like you win, you get nerfed, and that meant you learned and you did things really well. So sometimes it sucks, you know, and, and it's really hard to win a tournament and win the next one. It's it's really hard. And I think they made TI harder for themselves in many ways, but you can always turn these things to your advantage as well. Uh, Wings lost the last Beyond the Summit. They, they were last place at Manila Major, lost uh, the Summit, I think. Did they lose or did they win that one? I think they lost. They the won the summit, right? Did they win? I think so. Maybe they um, were the winners, but anyways, they were last place Manila, and I think that made them less like on the radar and and made people like look at them less and whatever. And now I think those guys, like the the young guys at OG, they have a big challenge ahead of them. Like they have, you know, the brand. People are going to be looking at them no matter what. They had a good year. Won the last major. Oh my god! You know, it's it's like the the full hurricane for for pressure, but. At the end of the day, it's all an illusion, and I think the guys have figured it out. So, I, I, hopefully, they they get a TR where they can perform their best and see how far it takes them, and not let some stupid inside stress get to them. I had a moment of fanboy in Arlington because it was uh, before going into the stage. It was LGD, Spirit, and OG. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> all these players are right now in front of me. None of them are talking to each other. But it's like, I have so much respect and like admiration for all of them, you know? Fuck, you see LGD, it was like, these guys are all individually amazing and collectively amazing. Now Spirit is scary as hell. I mean, Spirit looks right now super scary. There is some teams that might think that we are scary as well, you know? It's hard for us to put ourselves there. So I think that this year there is yeah, a few... I mean, they won the last major, right? I mean, they won the Arlington major, sorry. Yeah, Spirit um... won Arlington major and we won the Malaysia. And, and we won Malaysia and LGD. Yeah, I mean, there's also the first TR where you have three teams kind of going in as favorites, I guess. It's kind of hard to say, mm -hmm. like, one is definitely better than the other. Like, every TI, you have a favorite. You maybe have, like, somebody who's also strong next to them. But now you have three teams, and I'm trying to be objective. I think all three teams, they just look really on par. Like, they play really fucking good Dota. They understand the game. And then you have, I don't want to say other guys, because that sounds really rude, but you do have people who are not as like as high tier in terms of expectations. Yep. So mm. that is exciting because should be a good yeah, TI. I want to see those TIs. I want to see those teams. And now the crazy part is that I am betting, well, not betting financially, emotionally that? with Entity. <laughs> I want Entity and TI because I think they're fucking mm. amazing. 
So that's my my dark horse. It's a decent chance for sure. I would love they to see them there because they work there also. I need to year. see. I need to see Secret back at TI. Not gonna lie. Secret Entity. Those are my my two. Love Cyborg Matt, and mm -hmm. I love Roma Reza. So another TI cool. without Nigma. So that will be the last thing of the question. <laughs> Man, maybe. Be my last part of the, of the podcast is: You want to take a stab about which three teams make it from Europe? Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think I'm actually pretty convinced that Nigma and Secret will make it, and then the third one is probably who are left entity that are or front liquid runners. entity liquid there's one more alliance right? alliance of course is that it <clears throat> am i not forgetting one or good alliance. squad or frame <laughs> depends where okay, you want if put i'm that. not if i'm not forgetting one then i'm even more confident in those three so entity secret enigma and i think it actually depends on the bracket for me so liquid doesn't i think secret i don't think so liquid last place Ooh. below everyone else they're below those three <laughs> so i i, I agree with you by the way those are three of my picks but Liquid mm -hmm. not making it. Oof. I remember the beginning of the season. Eh? The roster on paper yeah. was like the super roster. Yeah. It's that, that's why we call them the White Donkey. Yeah, it's... they have all the expectations, and then they don't there's do the well. Dark Horse, and then there's a White, white Donkey. donkey. <laughs> 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 they are the White um, Donkey. So the the thing for me about the bracket that is really important is that I think Secret's track record against Nigma is terrible. So I actually think oh, yeah. who gets first place really depends how the bracket plays out. Because I think Entity have a higher chance of beating Nigma than Secret do. I mean, the bracket uh, so it's is kind of like a rock paper scissors thing, almost, out already. depending on. Oh, it is. Yeah. Can they run into each other, Secret and Nigma, until the finals? One second, sir. All right. While you find this, I have a question. They for... meet in the upper bracket finals if they win out. Okay. So just a quick question while you find this. You have your like clear top three favorites going into TIO on. Over under no, 50 no. I, I don't know. I think Liquid's better than Entity. I no, no, I mean, I, uh, I mean OG. Uh, oh, TI is OG, like, OG, yeah, and Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So those three teams are the big three. Over under 50% that not all three teams make top six. The not, not that all those under. Oof, Over under 50% that one team of them does not make top six. Okay, that's maybe too I, easy. Let's say top eight, even, actually. No, I, I would even say it's still above 50% with top six. And the for reason why I would say it, okay. yeah, yeah, for all three. The reason I say it is I think they're not, none of these teams are going to let the stupid bullshit get to them. I think right. they're, all of them, they've shown that they don't let their title and the pressure get to them. I mean, LGD has the longer track record out of all. I think they're always had a strong showing, you know, like the, the org also puts on, you know, always just good squads. They, they've had some of the players stay for a very long time. Some are new, but still. And, you know, Wings people and Shao 8 and whatever. It's like, it's, this team will not, will for sure be in the top, uh, top three, I want to say. Like, that's way above 50%. Like, probably 80% that they're in the top three or 90%, maybe more. And then, yeah, maybe, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm of course I'm the most worried for OG, but that's that's just regardless. Like that's just because I'm always going to be worried for them. Uh, but they've shown that they they don't care about pressure. They've shown that I have no reason to worry, but I will always worry. Um, yeah, and Spirit, like again, they they could they could flunk. Honestly, I think a team like this that's very emotional. I think if they have a rocky couple games, maybe it will get to them. You know. Like I, I, at least I have, I've been there and there's a lot of things that go into your head. Like that I fucking work all this time for this. Like if you have high expectations, these are like things that go into your head. It's like, 
what am I doing here? Like, why are we not doing so well? Is it because of this guy? Is it because of me? Like, people might be thinking different things. And, and yeah, these things can fester. So they could they could bomb out, I think, if, if they don't, or if, if some bad games happen and they let it get to them. I don't think it will happen to OG LGD. But, but still, over 50% at all three of them in top six. Yeah, okay. Me too. Do you see the screen right now? I don't know if you see it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that this is the interesting part. I think that Liquid beats Nigma here, but I think Liquid dies here and dies here. I don't think they make it past this. I think Nigma goes all the way in upper bracket together with Secret, and then I think Nigma beats Secret in the upper bracket final um, because of that team dynamic. And then it's a matter of what happens after that in in lowers into grand final. Because I think Secret have a chance of learning a lot from one series against Nigma. Um, the problem is <laughs> if those teams play again, right? Let's say they play upper bracket finals and then they play again in the grand finals. I think Liquid or sorry, uh, I think Nigma have the higher chance of learning more about Secret than vice versa. That's how it always goes. Okay. So it's hard to argue against history, right? Um, but all of it's what about water rune enjoyers? <laughs> Best name, no doubt. <laughs> what is this? What is this team? So what happens with this team secret and entity? Let's say that both of them make it here. Who wins? I think secret beats entity. So this, the and then I think bracket, entity right? goes all the way in the lower bracket until they meet liquid. secret or Nigma, whoever. So lost here would be could one. be entity liquid here. Yes, that is very possible, and I think entity wins that. Wow. I think Liquid would win it. I mean, I'm not. I think it's close to fifty-fifty, but I think Liquid's still a stronger team. Liquid are better online than they are on land. Yeah, they're better on the, land. The Absolutely. white donkey. That's true. White donkeys always make the land. Then they fail. <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> well, oh, gentlemen, this was an incredible podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope we can do more collaborations in the future. Hopefully, in the future, Ti, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But no, it was it was amazing. It was a privilege having you here, and I'm very grateful that you took the time to be here. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Good luck with the mini game. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. Sounds super I can't exciting. wait to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds like a my my type of game. You know, uh, nice and. I hope it's chill, right? It's like it's one of those battles. We try to make it chill. Yeah. 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 I don't want to work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Have All a great thanks, weekend. Yeah. Bye bye.